Okay, different pepper. Exodus 18. I'm going to let the reader read. Uh, he's reading from the NIV uh, this morning. So you follow along with your scripture. Exodus 18. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian and father in law of Moses, heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. After Moses had sent away his wife Zipporah, his father-in-law Jethro received her and her two sons. One son was named Gershom, for Moses said, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. And the other was named Eliezer, for he said, My father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' sons and wife, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent word to him, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in the presence of God. The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. 
The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. Okay. Turn, turn to the second chapter of Exodus. <clears throat> We're coming back real quick. <clears throat> Verses 15. Moses was leaving Exodus, I mean, excuse me, Egypt. Because he had killed a man, and they heard of it. And uh, when Pharaoh heard, heard of it, verse 15, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian and sat down by a wall. If you remember the map that we've all looked at, uh, <clears throat> Mount Sinai is down here on the bottom, and... And to the right uh, in your map is the land of Midian. So it was that. So he, he went from Egypt all the way into the land of, of Midian and he sat down. Verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to draw water and filled a trough with waters for their flock. When the shepherds came and drove them away, Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. <clears throat> then when they came to rule their father, he said, Why have you come back so soon? They said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and what's more, he drew water for the flock. He said to his daughters, Well, where is he then? Why haven't you invited him in? Invite him in to have something to eat. So they did. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. So we, we, we noted this when we were in that chapter, but here you go again. We have a guy called by two different names, Ruel and Jethro, but from now on he's going to be called Jethro. Uh, he, was, uh, he gave him his wife in verse 21, um, and, and Moses was willing to dwell in the with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses. <clears throat> Back to verse chapter 18 now. Now Jethro was the priest of Midian. Moses' father-in-law heard all that God was doing for Moses, for Moses and for Israel, his people. Now the Lord had brought Israel, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Um, <laughs> we we are in an information age, <clears throat> like never before. I mean, there was a time that that uh, letters were a big deal. I've got a pack of letters that Dad and Mother wrote back to each other when he was in service in Europe, and uh, we don't write letters anymore. When's the last time you wrote a letter? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but that's, that's, that's it. But word still traveled. It was amazing that word still traveled. So he heard, Jethro heard 
what God had been doing. And um, so at this point in time, uh, Zipporah and their two boys were with her father. We really don't know, and the scholars don't really know, when they left, when they were with uh, they were with um, uh, Moses. You remember the act of circumcision that Zipporah did, and he was he was going to be with them. Uh, most scholars say that uh, that Moses, when he was went back to Egypt to intercede to Pharaoh to let his people go, that he probably sent his his wife and his two sons back home uh, and that's it may have that may be correct and it may not be correct but in any way um, Moses was by himself at this time and his wife and his two boys were with with their father there <clears throat> verse 5 Jethro Moses father-in-law came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he camped at the Mount of God. Now here we go again. <laughs> We've got, we know it as the Mount of God, Mount Horeb, and Mount Sinai. Uh, so we, we know we're talking about the same place, you know. I've told you before, you know, the revelation I had when I was in college. Grew up in a Baptist church, but all of a sudden, I found out that the Jews, the Hebrews, the children of Israel were all talking about the same group of people. It was an old happy day when I wrapped my arms around that. But it, it, uh, it's in this particular case, um, he's talking about them. The commentators also said that whether Moses sent a messenger to Jethro that says, I want my... My, my wife and my boys back or if if Jethro sent a message we, we know he sent a message because scripture says so back to Moses we don't know how that exchange happened but uh, it tells us here that I'm coming to you in verse 6 I your father-in-law Jethro am coming to you with your wife and your two sons when Moses went out to meet his father-in-law he bowed down and kissed them and then asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Um, I, <laughs> when you, when you, uh, you pick somebody up at the Charlotte airport, you go up there and pick somebody up and you do your, your greetings and you hug and glad to see you. What's the next word you say? How was your flight? Yeah, <laughs> Kleber says, "When are you leaving?" Yeah, but anyway, <clears throat> anyway, uh, <clears throat> it's 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 human nature, you know. When uh, we um, when we were traveling to see Velta's family, when the boys was 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 smaller, uh, we would we would go to to Opal's house and her husband Harry, and we'd do our our greetings and all that kind of stuff and Harry was a funny guy he, he, he loved me and I loved Harry and we'd sit around a few minutes and talk about how everything was going on and he says 
are you going to wash your car? He, he wanted me to leave right then and go wash my car. I said, my car's okay. <laughs> but that was Harry. He, he, he wanted to, as soon as he got settled, got in, okay, he wanted to go wash his car. So that's, that's one of those things. So they went in the tent. They, they greeted one another, and they went in the tent. Verse 8. And Moses and his father-in-law and all, excuse me, Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that had befallen him on the journey and how the Lord had delivered them. Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel in delivering them from the hand of the Egyptian. So Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of Pharaoh and who delivered all the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Verse 11. Now I know the Lord is greater than all gods. Indeed, it was proven when they dealt proudly uh, against his people. So we assume uh, that, that at that point, um, uh, Jethro's father-in-law, although he was a priest in Midian, in Midian, uh, I don't know what he was a priest unto, but we think there, or the scholars think here, that, that he came to maybe faith in Jehovah God, and uh, when he saw what had happened here. And verse 12 kind of puts it in, in uh, ties it together. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and a sacrifice for God. And then he did something very baptistic. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat a meal. My grandmother Perkins, my mother's mother, she was a gracious lady, and she knew Scripture. And uh, she was a no-nonsense lady, too, and she says, we're belly Baptist. She says, unless there's a casserole or something to eat, we sometimes don't show up. And I'm sorry to say that's a lot of truth in that, you know. If we... If we went to the kitchen let me rephrase this if we went to the altar or to the or to the kneeling benches half as much as we go to the kitchen I understand fellowship and that's a good thing but we need to be sensitive about what's going on around us and I'm talking to Bill uh, this has been kind of convicting to me uh, reading this and and thinking about it, you know what what we do and what we don't do. Um, there's a lot of hurting people and there's a lot of people that need the Lord, and sometimes they go right by us. But he offered a sacrifice sacrifice to the Lord there, and at this point in time, the priesthood hadn't been established. Nothing really had been established. And we're fixing to change that really, really, really quick uh, in Scripture as we go forward. But he said, he said here, Aaron 
and the elders of the people. Now, elders, um, we don't have elders in our in our church. It's elders. Uh, a lot of the our Presbyterian friends uh, very much have elders, and um, then some of our newer mega churches have elders, uh, and more times than not, they're teaching preaching elders. Um, elder in this sense of the word and really through the Old Testament uh, it's is an elder is what an old man <laughs> he's an elder he he's an elder and the idea being that the older you get maybe you learn a little bit mm-hmm. and so so they brought Aaron and the elders from the tribes there and Jethro uh, and Moses had fellowship with them around a sacrifice uh, of unto the Lord. So elder in this sense of the word was, was, uh, was just a, a leader, an older man that they look up to. And so God was, was very gracious um, in, in that. So <clears throat> 13. And you've got a paragraph marking in your Bible about 13. So we're fixing to change, change our thought a little bit. And it came about the next day. The next day. He didn't take off time when his father-in-law was there. He said, well, I'm going to take a week off and we're just going to do what we want to do. The very next day, he was back doing what he would been doing. And it came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood about Moses from morning till evening. Now, we've talked about this, about how many people there was. This movement of Exodus was two million people. Well, can you think about moving two million people and not have any conflict? And they would come to Moses because Moses was their leader. Moses was listening to what the Lord had to tell him. And they came to him. And, and uh, he would judge. Or he would, he would make a, a, well, he would judge. He would tell them where they needed to go and what they needed to do. But the people were lined up. The scripture says here, they stood about Moses from morning till evening. They stood their place. I pull up a rock, I reckon, or just stand there, you know. Verse 14, now when Moses' father-in-law saw that what he was doing for the people, he said, why is this thing, excuse me, what is this thing you are doing for the people? Why do you alone alone sit as a judge until all the people standing about you from morning till evening. Verse 15, Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire about God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I will judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the statutes 
God's statutes and his law. So they had a, they uh, probably evolved into something as they were going on this trip. And you remember, they're just about two months into the, their trip from, from, from Egypt now. And, uh, and he, was, he was listening to them and making judgment for them at that time. Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and the people who were with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel. King, uh, the new, uh, the NIV just said, um, I will give you some advice. I like the word counsel. I'm going to give you counsel and God be with you. Be to the people's representative before God and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work that they are to do. Uh, counsel. You can get good counsel and you can get bad counsel. And you've got to have enough sense to know which is which. But Jethro says, listen to me, Moses. I'm going to give you counsel. What you're doing is not good. You're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to wear the people out. Now, counsel, we've got examples in Scripture where it's been good and where it's been bad. Uh, turn with me right quick to to. 1 Kings chapter 12. Um, you can go to um, Psalms in the middle of your book and then turn left. 1 Kings chapter 12. This is very, very familiar with this scripture. Um, this was after, after uh, Solomon had died and uh, his son Rehoboam was appointed king and look at verse 12 I mean chapter 12 verse 6 of first kings you with me king Rehoboam counseled with the elders who had served his father Solomon while he was still alive saying how do you counsel me to answer the people they spoke to him and said if you will be a servant to the people today you will serve them and grant them their petition and speak good words to them and then they will be your servants forever verse 8 but he forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him and consulted with the young men who grew up with him and he said to them what counsel do you give me uh, the elders have said lighten the load which your father put on us the young men who grew up with him said Thus you shall say to the people, Your father made your yoke heavy. Now I will make it lighter for us. But you shall speak to them and says, 
My finger is thicker than my father's loin. Whereas my father loaded you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke, and my father will discipline my father discipline you with whips. I will discipline you with scorpions. And just four verses later, verse 16 of this thing here, they says, we don't have any part of David. Verse, what portion do we have in David? We see no inheritance in the son of Jesse to your tents, O Israel. And at that point, the kingdom of Israel was split. The ten tribes to the north and the two tribes to the south. And it would never be the same again. That was some bad counsel that the young men gave to Rehoboam. Counsel's a funny thing. You can, I've known men who would never receive counsel. They were hard-headed. I might be in that category. Um, and, and they were gonna do their very own thing. And yet when counsel was given, <clears throat> consider it and do what you think needs to be done now we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute but there's a couple of tests that have stood the test of time that are good when it comes to counsel uh, somebody gives you counsel you need to ask some questions not to them necessarily but to yourself am i going to receive the counsel that they're giving me uh, my dad was a Rotarian. I was not a Rotarian, but dad was a Rotarian for years and a Paul Harris fellow. But it was beating my head <laughs> coming up. Um, the four-way test that the Rotarians do, and it's, it's good. What's the first one? The truth. Is it the truth? We could use a lot of that today. Number two, is it fair to all concern? Number three, Will it build goodwill and friendship? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? You could roll those things around. I've got another four-way test that I've used in my life and it has worked for me. Number one, is it scriptural? This thing you want to do, is it scriptural? Is this counsel that you've been given, is it scriptural? Two, what does your spiritual enlightened common sense say about it? What does, what does based in, in your common sense, your spiritual enlightened common sense, what does it say about it? Look back at this particular situation that Jethro is giving counsel to his son-in-law. Does it make sense? Great day it makes sense. You know, you're going to wear yourself out. And you're going to wear the people out. You need to listen to this counsel. The, other, the third point in, in the one I want to do is, is, can you do it? Is the door open? Can you take this counsel? Can you do this thing? Can you buy this product? You know, and then the last one, do you have total and complete peace about what, where you're going? So counsel is a good thing. Uh, turn with me to Proverbs. The chapter 12 in, in Proverbs um, you go to Psalms and you keep going 
Proverbs chapter 12. Look at verse 15. <clears throat> they've, they've said of uh, somebody that wants to, uh, to be uh, in a court of law, that somebody wants to represent himself, what do they say? He's got a fool for a client. Look at what verse 15 says of, of Proverbs back chapter 12. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. It didn't say you had to take it, but listen to it and observe it and see what it is. Keep turning all over in Proverbs to Proverbs 19. Verses 20. He said, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Listen to counsel. Listen to counsel. Then turn over to Ecclesiastes. Just a few more pages over. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verse 13, a poor yet wise lad is better than an old foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Just because we've, we're old and have been around the block doesn't mean we don't need to listen. We'll pause now for station identification. <laughs> so, back to Exodus 18. He, he said in verse 19, Now listen to me and I'll give you counsel. And God be with you. You be with the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws. Teach them the statutes and the laws. And make known to them the way which they are to walk. And work they, they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select people. Able men, number one. Who fear God. Men of the truth, men who hate dishonest gain, and you shall set them over as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and ten. Let them judge the people at all times, and let, let it be that they bring the disputes uh, to bring the major disputes to you, every minor dispute they bring to themselves, so that it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. Verse 23, if you do this, and God commands you, 
Because how had Moses been getting his instruction before? He'd been going to the source. God's been telling him what to do. Jethro understands that. And he tells him, he tells him up here, he says, you're the people's representative before God and bring the disputes to God. And down here he says, you, if you do this thing, if God wants you to, if God commands you to do it, then you will be able to endure all these people also will go into the place in peace. So, they're setting up the outline of the judicial system that we have today. Um, the lower courts, the courts of appeal, the Supreme Courts. Now, a lot of that's been skewed today, but be that as it may, that's the basis of this. A fundamental law of management, you learn this in Management 101, I did, that if you give a person responsibility to do something, you also give them the authority to do it. You can't give them the responsibility and not give them the authority to do it. When you do that, you're all of a sudden, you've become a micromanager, and that's tough. So Moses gave these people the responsibility to judge them, and he says, you have the authority to do it. Verse 24. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and all that he said. Moses chose people out of all of Israel and made them heads over people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and of ten, and they judged the people at all time. The difficult disputes they would bring to Moses, but every minor dispute they themselves would judge. Then Moses bade his father farewell, and he went to his own land. Verse 24, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did what he did. There are several times in Scripture that, that the church has had to adjust and do things differently. We know that in Acts, as we went through Acts, and when we get, got to Acts chapter 7, what was the problem in Acts chapter 7? The Greek widows weren't getting what they, what they needed to, to have. And they set up the servanthood, the deaconship. And it says, you guys take care of that so we can study and pray. We need to adjust through our lives and we need to learn and we don't need to be afraid to take counsel but we need to test the counsel that it's correct you know is it the truth you know is it where we can move forward what does spiritual enlightened common sense say about it you know the boys that 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 counsel Rehoboam that was crazy you know you, you just gonna load more on them Daddy whipped you with whips. We're going to whip you with scorpions. The people says enough is enough. And they rebelled and the kingdom was divided. From 
Chapter 19 going forward, we're really fixing to get into the meat. Because at all of this time, Moses had led them out. He had, he had taught them little by little. We, we gave, got a little glimpse a couple of weeks ago when he says, the Sabbath is a holy day. Boy, that's going to be in reinforced time and time and time again real quick. And we're really getting the fix to see the first covenant God has had. He had it with Moses and the children of here. And it is where they take responsibility as being God's children. The 19th chapter is, is a turning point for the Hebrews and it's a turning point in our scripture. And in right on the heels of that, we got chapter 20. Chapter 20 of Exodus is the Ten Commandments, and we're going on. And Jethro said that. He said, teach them, teach them the, the statutes that they need to, their instructions that they need uh, to have. Here he says, teach them the statutes and the laws, and make them known the way that they're to walk. And so now the Lord, Moses, is going to instru get instructions from the Lord, and he is going to lead them, and they are going to agree to be led by the Lord. And we'll go from there. Any questions about Jethro? Okay. Receive counsel. Receive counsel. Listen to it. Go from there. Lord, we thank you for everything. We thank you for this time together. We ask that you bless these sweet people. And we commit this day to you. In Jesus' name, amen.